Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance and my guest today is Mike McKellowitz. He's an author, speaker, and all-around great guy. He's also the author, a greater really, of Profit First, which is used by hundreds of thousands of companies across the globe to drive profit. Books like Clockwork, Fix This Next, Get Different. And today's book, we're going to talk about all in how great leaders build unstoppable teams. So Mike, welcome back to the show. It's good to see you. One thing for my bio too, apparently I push alcohol on you. you know, we, we ran each other in, in Whitefish. First of all, who does that? Who, who yeah, runs that, into each other in what? Well, well the, the, the funny thing was we talked about it. I mean, I, we knew we were going to yeah, be sure. there, but then I just kind of was like, well, he's busy. I'm busy. And then we run into each other in the same dang restaurant. I know totally unrelated things. We run into each other in the restaurant. I've, I get you the obligatory drink, which is the Huckleberry bourbon or something, or Huckleberry vodka of Montana. You and your wife are walking out, and I'm like, oh, too late. And I had to drink a hand. So, no, we're coming back in. And sure enough, you were true to your word. I saw you walk back in. You must have been there for another five, ten minutes before you and your wife walked out. So I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm very impressed. Yeah, we sat on the little bench. I'm sure they wondered what in the world we were doing. And, and by the way, Huckleberry bourbon is really bad. I'm like, you got a cruddy drink to boot. Like that was the bonus. <laughs> All right. First question. Yeah. What what possessed you to write a book about, well, it's called All In, but really about yeah, yeah. You know, building teams and building leaders? Yeah, this is what it looks like. So the book, the, this subtitle is How Great Leaders Build Unstoppable Teams. How it came about is pre-COVID, you get this too, people in my community, my readers, we have coaches, experts. I'm in a regular dialogue and my most common question is what's the challenge you're facing now? And I look for that common thread. It was recruiting, retaining, raising the bar. And I think people were kind of blaming it on millennials, a new generation and sure right. new generations, new needs, but that was true for, that's true for every generation. And so I started researching and testing, but then COVID hit and we went to hyperspeed. What was formerly a desire became an expectation. People wanted flexibility in their work schedule. Now it's an expectation that's available. People wanted to work from home, remote access. Now it's expected. And so when COVID hit, this went into hyperspeed. We finished testing out through our companies, other companies, codified the system and, and produced the book. Yeah, it's funny. You know, a lot of people talked about, you know, the, the great resignation. People just don't want to work anymore. And it's like, no, people just don't want to work for you anymore. <laughs> you know, it's really, <laughs> you still want to work, right? Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, that's the reality, isn't it? I mean, people just decided they don't have to take it anymore, right? I mean, and that, you know, they can go find a job that puts the, their priorities as priorities. I was, when I was in Whitefish, I hosted or spoke at an event and I asked the audience, it's you know, he's a pretty big audience, a couple hundred people, which for Whitefish is massive. And I've been asked this question of a lot of people. I said, who here in this room is an A player? And now these are business owners, yeah. managerial yeah. leaders. Every hand goes up. Everyone's an A player. And I'm, and I'm like, don't be bashful here. I don't want you to pretend. Like if you are, that's great. Then I asked, with their hands up, I said, what percentage of the population are A players? Just shattered out. You know, the <laughs> biggest was 10%. And I'm like, okay, everyone's hands up in this room. That's 100%. Yet we're saying it's only 2 to 10%. What's wrong here? And my argument is they are right. Everyone actually is an A player. But most are A players in waiting you can pick any human being on this planet and they are an A player if they're put in the right environment where they could thrive. And in most cases, it is not with your business, right? If we're a small business, I got 20 positions here. I can't support most people. 
So my job as a leader is to identify, do I have an opportunity for someone to flourish here? And if I don't, then can I guide them to somewhere else they can flourish? Um, so to your point, if people don't want to work, it's because they really don't want to work for you. You're not setting up an environment where they can flourish. Right. And maybe you don't have that environment. And that's okay too, but we have to acknowledge it. So if somebody is going to pick up the book, one of the things I know you're going to teach is this, some, basically some strategies for developing structure. So if somebody feels like, hey, I'm, Maybe I've got the wrong people or maybe I've just got the wrong uh, approach. You know, what are yeah. some strategies they can start employing to develop those folks that to, to date they've seen as C players? Yeah. I, I You know, typical me, identify the a common approach we use and see what the results are. And if it's not working, probably the common approach isn't right. So a lot of my theories or approaches seem contrarian, but it's simply whatever we're doing now is not working. One of the most common things, and I was guilty of this, I remember – uh, about a decade ago with my companies, I came out of the office and I wrote on the board, I called my 30 employees together and said, I've spent the last day running our numbers and my God, we can achieve $10 million in revenue this year. This is our corporate mission and we're going to do it by doing X, Y, and Z. And I, I, I had the tire playing in the background just for emphasis. And it was total <laughs> silence. And I'm like, what is going on? Why is everyone pumped about our corporate mission? My assistant, Patty, came to me, John, and said, Mike, you get the bigger house, you get the new car, but why should we care? We have our own dreams. And that's the moment I said, oh my gosh. The, a great leader, John, if you don't have an invigorated team, it's because it's not because your corporate mission isn't right. It's the realization the corporate mission is really the dream of the owner or the leader right. or the leaders. But everyone has their own dreams. Someone wants to learn a new language. Someone wants to buy their first car, learn to play guitar. Our responsibility is to learn about the visions that our team members have for their lives and make that a priority. The job is a vehicle to get there. It's maybe it's an expression of themselves, but it's also a means to achieving those goals. But if we don't know what the goals are, we can't support it. So our job is to identify their personal goals, then align their accomplishments along with the corporate accomplishments. And reciprocity kicks in. If I'm supporting you, helping you get your first car, I'm not paying for it. I'm keeping your dream in front of you. I give you a work environment that can support that. Then you're likely to reciprocate and set up a work environment that supports my dream, the corporate mission. That's what we need to do. So one of the, when people talk about acquiring talent, one of the challenges is just recruiting. I mean, very, that was, you know, for a lot of companies, there was just so much competition for, sure. for that over, you know, after, you know, post COVID, but you present an approach, I think you call it camp recruiting. And that I think is, I think if people wrap their heads around it, we'll see this really innovative. And I think it offers some opportunities beyond recruitment, but I'll let you explain the approach of camp recruiting. So traditional recruiting is run an ad on the platform de jour. It used to be Monster, now it's Indeed. Then interview someone. The result is about 10% of hires are long-term, meaning say over five years and considered A players, meaning top performing uh, members. Most hires don't work out. It's a hard system. But I did find an industry, and I want to say it's a trillion dollars in revenue. I, I actually got to look up the exact number that does not do a single interview and yet they get top talent constantly. And it's the sports industry. Just a, a personal story. I played sports in high school. I played lacrosse and I went to a camp in Northeast called Hobart. They're a preeminent uh, lacrosse college. I went there with 300 other kids and all of us improved. They coached all of us to get better. But certain kids were being tapped on the shoulder saying, hey, there's another field we want you to go over to to even further your skills. What they were looking for was people with the most potential, the spark. And 
at the end of the camp, two or three kids were ultimately invited to play at Hobart. Not one of them, but they did. But I will tell you what happened to me. I played collegiate lacrosse, and the reason I did was because, in part, that camp. It's a cool environment that everyone gets better, and certain people are cherry-picked. Well, in our business environment, we can do the same. Instead of doing interviews, run a camp. This is where you educate your community. You need to hire a bookkeeper. That's great. Run a bookkeeping camp or course. Learn to be a bookkeeper. Learn the skills. What our job then is to teach everyone, improve everyone. But in the process, who's showing the most interest, the most desire, the most thirst ultimately? And those people have the most potential. Now, one last thing is this is not just theory and you should try it out. It may work. There are corporations doing it. Just if you're not doing it, you got to do it now. Home Depot, a mega corporation, the next time you see, you know, build a workshop, that is a camp. What they're doing is they have you come down with your kid or some other people and you start assembling birdhouses. Yes, they're ingratiating with the store. You're getting familiar with it. You're learning skills. They have an employee there observing the best participation. Who's the parent that's helping out other parents? Who's learning the most? Who's answering questions when people have a question? They then tap that person on the shoulder and say, you're the type of candidate we would love to have work at Home Depot. Have you ever considered employment here? It's a great recruiting mechanism. I recall you played at Nobart, right? At <laughs> Nobart? <laughs> Sorry. No, help myself. I did. I played at Nobart. I played at, <laughs> my position was left out. Talk a little bit about, I know one of the things you talk about and promote in your business as well, and back into you know profit first even, but is this idea of financial transparency. I think a lot of times, you know, you talked about the $10 million goal and so you get the new house. And I think a lot of people, yeah. you know, think of it that way. It's like, whether it's true or not, they think the boss is making a whole lot of money <laughs> and yeah. and that's yeah. like a demotivator, right? And so talk a little bit about your thoughts on, you know, how transparent we should be as part of this idea of building a teams. There surely is an educational component. To your point, the revenue of a company is usually the perception of the owner's income. Yeah. You're making a half a million dollars in revenue. They think you're taking home half a million when most business owners are actually getting further in debt to cover that half million in revenue. But there's another component, and it's based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, all of us need, among other forms of safety, physical safety, physiological safety. We also have what's called financial safety. We need to have security. And uh, if you've ever been broke or in, in dire straits financially, you know the stress it puts on you. So the employer has to bring about that safety. Now, there, there's two ways we do it. One is through the compensation of an employee. I'm not saying unreasonable compensation. You can't pay someone beyond what you can reasonably afford and what's appropriate for that position. But we do have that responsibility. But the other part is the open books. What's so fascinating about open books is it gives our colleagues confidence and understanding of where the business is headed, which brings a sense of financial security. So open books isn't just about an education to the team. It's actually giving them comfort of where the business is headed. And now we... Some people say, well, I got to show the good stuff. No, no, you show the real stuff because business, just like life, has its ups yeah. and downs. But people have confidence because you're exposing it that they're hearing the truth from you and that they're more comfortable in the position. It's my pleasure to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast, our friends at Active Campaign. Active Campaign helps small teams power big businesses with a must have platform for intelligent marketing automation. We've been using Active Campaign for years here at Duct Tape Marketing to power our subscription forms, email newsletters, and sales funnel drip campaigns. Active Campaign is that rare platform that's affordable, easy to use, and capable of handling even the most complex marketing automation needs. And they make it easy to switch. They provide every new customer 
With one-on-one personal training and free migrations from your current marketing automation or email marketing provider. You can try ActiveCampaign for free for 14 days, and there's no credit card required. Just visit ActiveCampaign.com slash duct tape. That's right. Duct tape marketing podcast listeners who sign up via that link will also receive 15% off an annual plan if purchased by March 31st. 2024. That's activecampaign.com slash duct tape. Now this offer is limited to new active campaign customers only. So what are you waiting for? Fuel your growth, boost revenue, and save precious time by upgrading to active campaign today. There's a move afoot in people operations to actually publish salaries so that like everybody knows what everybody's making. Where do you fall on that? I'm not necessarily a fan yet. We, we congeal everyone's salaries, but the numbers, how we display them is if you decide to make the effort, you could figure it out. You could figure out exactly how much you're making. We disclose when we do a profit distribution, as an example, I share 20% with our organization, the owners of the company. And in this case, I just own my company exclusively. I get 80%. So you can figure out the exact profit distribution I'm taking. You can see everyone's compensation in one package. And my part is, I'm part of it and you can figure it out. I think disclosing it takes away a sense of, of integrity and some negotiations and confidence. So that's why we don't do it, but it's definitely figure outable. Do you have, yeah, do you have a yeah. different opinion? I'm curious. I think I'm probably a little bit old school that, you know, I think it, it just seems so foreign <laughs> that, yeah. that, you know, I think even some of the open book things, you know, seems a little foreign from yeah. people, but it, you know, I think it's a road, it's going away from, you know, as all organizations are going away from top down, you know, I think as far as how they're structured even. So, you know, I think that it's eventually, as long as this system is set up fairly, you know, where I think yeah. people get in trouble is they publish it and it's like, well, why is that person making that much more than me? We're doing the same work, you know, or yeah. something. I mean, so I think it has to be fair and people have to understand how they go to the next level, what their career path, you know, looks like and that the, the objectives to meet that. And I think as long as you do that, you know, I've always yeah. probably erred on the side that it's just a lot of work <laughs> to set up a system that, that, you know, that is that transparent. And one thing that's interesting is uh, in the sports industry, that's where I took this work camp or camps, work yeah. camp is not the right word, camps or workshops, <laughs> I should say, where I took concept. They also disclose salaries. You know how much the coach is making, you know how much every player is making and players in the same role are making different amounts of money based upon their contribution, right? So the starting quarterback makes more than right, the second sure. string quarterback. Yeah, especially in, especially in the NFL. The, so you hinted a little bit of this helping the, you know, a person make their own personal goals and then obviously, you know, contributing to the organizational goals. Do you ever find that there's a, a balancing act there where it's like, it's none of your business to help them reach their personal goals. Again, I'm just, I'm citing kind of some things I've heard, you know, before. And it's yeah. like, I don't need to get into what they do in their off hours, you know, as opposed to like, I want to support what they're doing in their off hours. You know, how do you balance that? Yeah. We only support what they volunteer to share. So people do yeah, have right. certain private matters or something, right? Uh, I'm running a drug ring on the side. I need help with that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> some people may not disclose that, nor would I decide to help with that. How we help is in very rare circumstances, do we ever help fiscally? What's interesting, what we found, and this was through research I did with a company called Jancoa. They're a janitorial firm in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. 700 janitors. The founder's Mary Miller. She shared a great story. She said, Mike, when someone becomes a janitor, it wasn't like this was a dream of theirs. No one dreams of being a janitor, but they right. all have dreams. And so I said, well, do you help fund that purchase of the house or do you help? She goes, absolutely not, because that diminishes 
the achievement of the dream. The funny thing is, and we know in our personal lives, it's not when you achieve that great success, it's the effort that you had to expend to get that great success that's more meaningful. Back to sports. Imagine two teams show up to the Super Bowl and they say, hey, let's not even play games. There could be injuries. Let's just pick a winner. You win. That, that destroys the game. It's the effort required to get that accomplishment. And that's true just for humanity. So when people disclose their dreams, our goal is to preeminently keep it in front of them. That's our primary dream. Make sure they're aware of that dream and that we're talking about it. Secondly, if we can block and tackle, make some resources available or whatever, we will. One of the biggest dreams that came out from Amy here, she said, I, I just want to be cancer free. And every year, she's been with us now for five years, we mark another year cancer free. And the fact that we're acknowledging as a team, she's come back to us many times and saying, I feel so supported in this organization. And I'm not surprised she supports us accordingly in return. So what are, uh, I guess, in terms of kind of somebody's listening to this, obviously go out and get the book. What are some challenges that you think people are going to face in trying to implement some, you know, in many cases, your ideas, I mean, Profit First was innovative for some and, you know, odd, you know, for some. Yeah, so, right, right. You, Right. Yeah. So, so, so what, what are some of the challenges you think somebody would face? They come in and say, here's how we're going to do it. Now we're going to do, yeah. we're going to do so, the all in way. Right, right, right. Yeah. Too fast, <laughs> too much, too soon is always a problem. One of the things is the fear of getting it wrong. Like I want to improve my leadership, but if I make a wrong mistake, I actually may take a step back. There's some fascinating feedback is if you go about trying to serve your team and you do it wrong, still yeah. serves the team. I had my own experience here. We set up a little game. We have a daily huddle. And after the game, after the huddle, I had this bozo punching doll. When we were kids, you could punch it. And it kind of falls down. It comes right back up. I'm like, oh, let's get dart guns. And as a fun game, we'll shoot it. Whoever hits bozo in the nose with their dart gun wins $5. And we did it a couple of times. And people were like, oh, do we have to do the bozo thing? So it clearly was a flop. And as, as I deflated the balloon and took it out, I felt defeated. I was like, oh, I was trying to do something fun for our organization. It was just stupid. It was like a foosball table. Why did I do this? And Jenna came up and she said, Mike, no one cares that it wasn't good. They care that you simply care. You made an effort. Thank you. Do it yeah. again. And that yeah. inspired me to realize, my God, when we simply make an effort, even if it's sloppy or ugly, people will care. So, so don't be concerned about that. But it is a common concern to, to get it right. Is not necessary to get it started is. Would you say that this book is as much as anything is about company culture? Yes, it yes, and um, I, I've discovered that culture, a lot of my things are contrarian. I've discovered that culture is mis or dis mis, 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 misused, is probably the better word. Yeah, yeah. Is here's my set of rules for life. I'm the founder. This is going to become my set of rules for the company. And I need people that comply with my set of rules so that we're consistent. But what happens is you cause a silo effect. So most of these right. culture rules are a silo system. What I found is community trumps culture. And what I mean by this mm -hmm. is look at the collective that you have and find out everyone's individual values. Every book I write, we deploy these techniques in our own businesses first. I have a rule that's no dicks allowed. <laughs> and the rule is real simple. I will not do business with someone that qualifies as a dick and as rude as it's not worth my effort or time, but I won't be a dick too. If, if I do that, yeah. I, I will punish myself because that's not an appropriate behavior. I shared with my team. I said, it's about no dicks allowed. And they're like, Mike, that's so bro -y. Let's get rid of that. The, the new term, which kind of replace that is the no bro show. Like we're, we're not going to be that bro -y brand. 
you know, look at my amazing jet and all that nonsense that, that can go on out there or the non-Broadway brand. But that's not my belief. That's our collective belief. It's something that our community came up with. Individually, we come together with this. We all do have our individual values. And that's the best part is that we are different. We're encouraging that diversity. There's some common beliefs that come about from us. So that's my spin on corporate culture. Yeah, it's funny. Your uh, corporate jet uh, picture. I was, I had a 10 year old. I love the car, but kind of beat up uh, Mini Cooper. And I was so tempted one day, you know, do the, the me standing in front of saying, this could be yours, you know, too, if you do oh, that dream right, big, you know, right. but no, I never got around to it and I don't own the car anymore. Oh, so that'd right. be so funny. <laughs> well, Mike, I That's appreciate you taking a yeah, exactly. A few moments yeah. to stop by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Anywhere you want to invite people to connect with you and uh, pick up a copy of All In? Oh, John, thank you. I'd love it. The best place to go right now is Amazon. And I know that's 800-pound gorilla, but Amazon's algorithm, how it works is when someone buys All In, there's a lot of demand for it right now. It looks for similar, I guess, avatars. It'll look for people that have buying trends like you and it promotes the system. So it's the best way, selfishly, to get the word out. But if you want to get resources and all that stuff, maybe the better starting spot is all in by Mike. That's me. All in by Mike.com. You can check it out there. And there's links to independent bookstores, uh, other stores you can get if you prefer not to get it on Amazon. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for taking a few moments and uh, hopefully we'll run into you soon out there on the road. That'd be wonderful. I'll get you a drink. I'll buy you a drink for sure. No Huckleberry. <laughs>